This is Finnegan Rowe on the Ultimate Unofficial VeggieTales Podcast, the number one fan podcast for Talking Tomatoes, here on episode 72. It's my first time talking to an actual VeggieTales crew member. Please welcome Sean Chiplock. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm waiting with uh, bated breath for the temperature to finally start dropping around here. Uh, same oh, with yes. the gas prices. I thought they were finally dwindling down. We had just gone under $6 uh, a couple, I want to say a week and a half ago. And I went to go fill my tank the other day, and it had gone up back as high as seven thirteen in some places. So seven thirteen, my seven dollars and thirteen cents. That's properly like in the city, though. If you manage to get out closer to the borders, you're still hovering around like five eighty five, six fifty. But I saw it. I saw it was seven sixteen for the me- uh, the medium grade. That's insane. It's gone down to my area, thank goodness. The temperature and the gas. But what's uh, what's it setting at for you right now? Oh, gosh, I'd have to look. Last time I got it, it was only like three or four bucks. So it's How better. dare you? Better. How <laughs> dare you? Come on down to North Carolina, you know? <laughs> this is this is why the rate on video games is going up, is because we need it just to afford the tank of gas that we spent getting to the city, you know? Real, I know. I thought, you know, maybe I should just monetize this channel like just for the purpose of, you know, gas funding, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, we have a lot of different topics we're going to talk about today. Your earliest memories of VeggieTales, what got you involved with the show? Uh, how many voices did you do and when did you record the lines? Uh, will you be involved with any future projects that you know of favorite okay. characters to voice? And then if you're willing, we'll have you do the voice. All that will come. After <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to hope I can find some references during the interview. I think I've got it for, for awful Alvin and probably scooter, but if there's a third one, I think I know which one it is. I'm going to have to like probably look it up or just wing it. Scalini, right? Scalini. Got you. Got you. So all that and more after the theme song. If you love your veggies and want more to know, then I've got for you a spectacular show. We'll be giving you back with lyrical rhyme and bringing in guests for the last of the time. If you search for your hair at a cheaper too, then I'm happy to say we got a show for you. So, what is your earliest memory of the VeggieTales franchise? Did you grow up with it, you know, or were you just kind of roped into it when Universal reached out to you? So VeggieTales was interesting because it was kind of a uh, a passive experience for me. You know, I didn't tend to watch the channels that VeggieTales aired on, but I was aware of its existence, primarily primarily because of, like, internet memes and stuff like that, but also because, you know, there were a lot of genuinely good songs and good clips, and I could tell that it was um, a show designed around, you know, teaching morals to people. And I've always been a big fan of shows that teach, like, how to be a good person in general, that aren't, like, trying to push you know, certain politics or certain ideologies on anyone, but it really just like, here's how to properly handle a given situation. Um, and that's something that I like about, uh, you know, the themes of Christianity in general is that at, at its core, it's meant to teach people how to be good to each other, you know, how almost kind of like an Aesop's fable sort of thing. So it's kind of funny to me that I knew about the show mostly through like internet, internet parodies and jokes and like, clips taking out of context. I'm sure all of us can remember seeing the GIF image at least once of of the little tomato guy, you know, looking off to the side and then looking down like in despair. Yep. yep. Uh very much a mood. Um but I'm glad that through getting to work on it, I came to appreciate the actual uh content of the show itself. Um you know, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's geared towards kids, although they can be a little bit higher energy, you know, the the folks with accents play them up a little bit. But it's all fun. It's all fun at the end of the day. And I'm very much a person of passion who enjoys having fun with what they're doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's good to have dedicated team members, too. Mm-hmm. I was talking to some people. I was like, Sean Chiplock's come on the show. They said that makes me so happy. That shows he, like, 
he cares about the franchise that he's willing to come on here and talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. And as if some people just get hired for a job, you know, and then some people actually care about it. So mm-hmm. I think that's really awesome that you care about it. Thank you. That's awesome. Do you remember growing up with it as a kid or not really? I wouldn't say I grew up with it per se, although I will say that I was aware of it as I grew up. It wasn't part of my regular routine watching, but it was something that I was aware of by the time that I got involved with the show. So I wasn't going in completely blind. That's true. Yeah, you were familiar with um, aspects of it. So what got you involved with the show? I'm guessing they reached out to you. Did you reach out to them first and say, No, that's a really good question. My my gut tells me that a colleague of mine, I think possibly Kira Buckland that was working on it, had either referred me to the client because, you know, we've worked together on a whole lot of projects. I want to say that's the reason just because I wasn't familiar with trilogy animation prior to that. So the only two things I can think of are either I was referred to them by someone already working with them or I happened to audition for something on like uh, a site like Voice123 and that's how they found me because I've had cases like, for example, I got involved with the the Fruit Ninja mobile game uh, through a casting call that was put put on Voice One Two Three. But my gut is telling me it was it was a, a fellow cast member referral because I distinctly remember talking to her about that. Um, but outside of that, it wasn't really much different than the typical process that happens when you're recording for uh, recording auditions for animation or video games. I would say I believe this was definitely before the pandemic, so. Um, they had the luxury of asking if I would come in person to audition. And clients can do that for many different reasons. They may want to, you know, get an idea of how you're going to sound on the final equipment that you're going to be recording with. Um, They may want to see what you're capable of doing in terms of adapting on the fly uh, versus if they just have you submit an audition remotely. You kind of have all the time in the world to finesse your takes Um, And I'm sure that with some productions, they may be on a time crunch. So it's like we can't afford to have to send this back for revisions. We need to know that they can give the specific performance that we're looking for. Um, So they brought me in. You know, I went into one of their booths at at their recording space or building that they were either owners of or borrowing or something like that. Um, And, you know, they gave me a sample script. We went through a sample scene. Uh, I performed it a couple different times with some different types of voices, either, you know, heavier or lighter on the accent, or maybe just trying, you know, slightly older or younger, or even just trying it in a completely different direction. Um, And at that point in the process, usually the casting director will review over the files and talk with the team and figure out if if that kind of meets their vision of what they want for the character, Um, if it's the best fit, so to speak, out of everyone else who auditioned. And I guess they were really happy or... In some cases, it's just a matter of can this actor cover a wide range, you know, uh, does the voice, uh, is it reasonably good fitting for the character, but also if that actor is capable of covering three, four or five different characters in a single production, that helps them get their stuff done faster. And it also saves them some money because they don't have to hire three, four, five different actors and pay them separate paychecks for one character each. Um, and that's very common in the industry. In fact, most of our contracts are based on a a an hourly so like a two hour or four hour minimum and so uh while the union may put restrictions on how many characters you can do it's like oh it's up to five characters but anything after that you have to pay a certain amount extra it's very rare that it happens except in like very very end of post-production when they're just trying to fill any last holes in that they forgot about so it was it was pretty par for the course you know i did the the standard number of characters uh, they weren't, and none of them were particularly tough on my voice, and we were able to cover a lot of ground. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. In this process, did you get to meet Phil Vischer and Mike Naraki? I believe I got to meet at least one of them because a lot of the sessions uh, would often have them uh, chiming in remotely via Skype or Zoom or something else. Uh, but I do know there was at least one case where I was working with them on the opposite side of the room, like, you know, through the looking glass. So I got a chance to talk to them afterwards and say hi and tell them how much I appreciate that uh, the franchise was being given a second chance, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And when they first got you in, you said they were, um, it was one of the other clients, Kira Buckland or something, who had referred you to them. I believe um, so. Did they bring you in for all three characters originally, or did, did they bring you in for a specific Ooh. character, or did they just say, you know, what can you do? I think it started with Awful Alvin, and they later had me submit additional samples for Scalini and Scooter, and then when they had me come in for Alvin, they also had me start doing some stuff for Scooter and Scalini. Um, so I, I believe it started with Awful Alvin, because he was the one easily with the most lines out of anybody. Um, and then the other two were picked up later on. But that's a good question. That does that does happen sometimes. Uh, a similar thing happened with Breath of the Wild, in fact, where originally I was only cast as the Great Deku Tree. And then somewhere along production, uh, Rivali ended up being up for grabs and they had me record samples. And then halfway through doing Rivali, they asked if I could do another bird and make him sound distinct. And that's how I got Teba. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty it cool. It happens. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that you were in Fruit Ninja too. What did you do for Fruit Ninja? Oh, man. <laughs> so many... This is this is like one of those first world blessings and curses at the same time is when you start reaching a certain level of busyness, uh, it can get hard to remember specifically what you did for each project. I might have it on my public resume. Let me load this up real quick and see if I bothered to save it. Uh, control F fruit. I did not save fruit ninja. Is it in my email? Um, there we go. Is this it? I think I did stuff for the Street Magician and, oh, Rinjin. Rinjin was the character that I played. Um, and I think I might be able to share this with you, but they gave me some promotional videos uh, of me performing as Rinjin that I was able to uh, share as well. Let like me see. see yeah, let me see if I can find a quick photo <laughs> online. Ah, yes. I remember this lad. Let me let me share a quick image to you. There you go. Let me check that out. I remember him. He was kind of the the kind of darker, slightly edgier uh, ninja type person. The drive file or the wiki page? Uh, the second one. Second one. Gotcha. Has the, has the image of him. One moment. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah I, I grew up with Fruit Ninja. I remember a lot of the, the characters in the games. I didn't know that I was you. It's always fun for me when, like, there's these franchises that I'm passively aware of, even if I wasn't actively playing them back in the day, but then I officially get to be a part of. Mostly because, one, it lets me learn about that universe without necessarily having to have played through it, but also it lets me connect to a completely different community. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, like, the name Sean Chiplock is just used all the time in the VeggieTales community. You know, in the fandom, we all know who Sean Chiplock is. Because oh my gosh, they the actually they show. talk about me consistently. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because you were in the VeggieTales show. You know that's a big deal because <laughs> Scooter was such a Scooter was such a big character oh, in the I'm original so VeggieTales series. So it's the fact that you got to carry him on. Yeah, then yeah. Off Lauben was less of a big character in the original series, and so the fact that he came back was such a big deal because gotcha. he wasn't in the original series so much. And so that was and then people, of course, they loved the cape coat caper with Scalini and all that. So okay, what I what I find interesting. Um, Cape Coat Caper with Scalini. That was episode 11. First time mm -hmm. Awful Alvin shows up 
is, I believe, episode 19 in Angry yes. Eyebrows. So yeah. that's like, those are like eight episodes apart. And yep. you said you were doing those at the same time, like coming in to do all the... Mm, they were separate. I think we might have actually done episode 19 first. I mean, I wouldn't purport to know like how the writing side of things goes, but maybe sometimes they have a particular idea ready before something else, and then they'll, you know, order it differently later on. Or it may be a matter of, you know, maybe they assign uh, different animators to different episodes, and maybe certain animators turn in certain sections earlier than others. So it, the the whole production process is a, a cluster of of different people and different jobs, and I wouldn't even begin to know the actual order to things. I just know that as a voice actor, I tend to come in towards the end of things, where it's like, okay, we've got the storyboard, we've got the script finished, now we need the voices so that the animators can finish animating around it. And so I'm usually in like, like the second half to maybe the last quarter of that entire production. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you willing to do some of the voices for the people listening if you can if you can remember them? Ah, uh, oh, I know Scooter's the easiest one. He's the one that lets me practice my Scottish accent. Uh, you know, I I I used to be able to do. I I can't do Irish as well. Like every time I try to do Irish, I fall into Scottish. But that's why I like Scooter. Is he's got like that deep baritone gravel rasp, and he just like I I always try to to imitate one of those uh, Highlanders from Summer Like Jake, if you remember that. So he's very fun, and uh, I remember it's probably funny watching my face as I do this. Uh, Uncle Alvin is kind of. You know, he's very meticulous and figuring out what he's going to do. He's almost a, he's a little nasal when he works in the upper part of his face. And, you know, he's also very lonely the way that he talks to his lamp. And he's like, I, you're so smart. I love you. You're so brilliant. Um, I don't remember. Uh, was Scalini, I don't want to say stereotypical, but was he kind of like the Italian accent that most people think of when they think of an Italian accent? Kind of like you wouldn't say police, you'd say policio, right? Policio, kind of, yeah, kind of. I don't remember if he was uh, higher pitched and talked like this, or if he was someone a bit more sinister. But uh, yeah, he was uh, he was probably the toughest of the three to do because I was not as familiar with that accent. I had to do some lookups beforehand, but also because I was trying to find a good balance between him being you know, genuinely threatening as a villain without being too ridiculously comedic, you know? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Because like in the classic series, I know they'd always have problems making the villains too scary where parents would write mm-hmm. in and say, hey, this terrifies mm-hmm. my kid. Oh, <laughs> my. That's, that's something I struggle with is when they want, they need to be a bad guy, but they don't want them to be intimidating or scary for kids. I almost wonder if like, I need to just not make them sound evil at all when I do those <laughs> auditions, because for all I know, maybe they're just exaggerated you know they're high energy and that's what paints them as as evil because they're not normal you know well, what i mean as far as i know there wasn't any concern about skelly and your awful alvin you right know? all right yeah i'm just, just talking like, uh... when i think about like I, we've seen some of these projects come out for like superheroes and stuff like that and you know i've had a chance to read for a couple of them but i haven't had the good fortune yet of managing to land one so it's it's just something to think about to reflect on as an actor as i continue to grow I got you. I got you. Now I'm going to ask you to do something weird here, okay? I don't know if you ever watched the original uh, Larry Born the Angry Eyebrows from 2002. I did not. No, okay, well, Awful Alvin, in that episode, he goes, dance with me, Lampy, and people really wanted that to be in the new one. So give them uh-huh. give them your Awful Alvin saying. Okay, okay, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, is this October 8th, 2018? All right, let me see this. The villainous dance of villainy. Aha! Just seeing the. Uh, 
villainous. Okay, villainous duties. Okay. Now we must do the villainous dance of villainy to prepare everyone for the performance of our villainousness. And then, let's see. All right. All right. And then he does the dance. Oh my, he's, he's grooving. He is. <laughs> Such a classic. Oh my goodness. And then he, Lampy doesn't do anything. Okay. Dance with me, Lampy. <laughs> With me, Lampy. There we go. That makes there you me so go. happy. There we go. It's canon now. It's canon. Sean Chiplunk's uh, awful album has said "Dance with Me, Lampy." I love Lampy. I know Lampy's the best. He's so bright. He is. He is. <laughs> we can all we can all relate to Lampy sometimes, you know. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So, do you know as of now if you're going to be involved in the current VeggieTales projects? Because it's like they've been silent I for a I have bit. no idea. I know that there's like other IPs or other projects that the same team has looked at trying to to jump start and get involved with and I've had a chance to read for those. Um at the moment I don't know anything about future VeggieTales productions, but I also know that even if I did know, if it wasn't already public knowledge, I as an actor would not be allowed to to talk about that. Yeah, um, fair enough, fair enough. There's various reasons why that happens. It may be because the company has a specific marketing idea planned. You know, it may be related to, like, selling merchandise or something like that. And and the timely release of confidential information is very important to these companies. Um, whether it's because of FOMO or whether it's because of building off of the hype. Um, you know, if if the show is meant to release in, say, March, and I talk about it back in November and everyone finds out about it like five months in advance. Five months is a lot of time to pass before the show actually comes out versus if the, the company specifically plans to announce it at like the end of February and says, hey, in one week, there's a brand new, you know, version of the show coming out. That's very important to them. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. Generally, the way the rule of thumb goes is if I'm allowed to talk about it, I probably have already talked about it because I hate having to wait. I hate having to like keep quiet about my work even though i do for legal reasons but if i haven't talked about it it's almost certainly because either i don't know or i do know and i'm not allowed to say and in both cases there's nothing to be gained so yeah fair enough fair enough i always find it strange when a franchise just like consistently makes shows and they just like stop and they're silent you know which is where veggie tales is right now mm -hmm. which is just odd to me because i know they did the 26 episodes of the veggie tale show which you were involved in mm -hmm. um and then they took a break and then they did a podcast series and they fired Phil Fisher mm. and Mike and Rocky and the creators and recasted everyone for this podcast series, which was oh. very, very odd. And they had Scooter in there, too, but it was some other person. It was, it was very odd. It was very odd all the way through. Okay. Um, and then they ended that all of a sudden, and now they've just been silent. Okay. Like, uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. And I, I certainly hope that I didn't accidentally end up stepping on any toes by getting involved in the project. Oh, um, no, definitely not. Definitely not. No, they they recasted Phil and Mike, and then they just had the same people who are doing Phil and Mike's voices now do everyone's voices. Yeah, no, no it, um, it had nothing to do with, you know, anybody who was on the VeggieTales show. It just had to do with Universal having a problem with Phil and Mike. They fired Phil and Mike. Now they just have all the boy characters being voiced mm. by, like, the same person, you know? I see. I see. Yeah. And that's why people were wondering if it was you, because they were like, you know, I wonder if since Sean Chiplock, you have the voice range for it, they were wondering if you were doing all the voices now um nope i i just did those three i haven't been back since so i don't know what the current plans are and you know if if they bring me back great if they don't i won't be uh bothered i try to not get myself too attached to anything in this industry and it's not out of a lack of passion like i love being a part of the things that i'm a part of but like 
when we see what happened with like Metal Gear Solid Five, when we see what happened with the Power uh, Powerpuff Girls reboot, when we see you know what you mentioned just happened with the podcast, there are you never know when things are going to shift around. Whether the client is going to be like, okay, well, we want someone cheaper, or we want someone different, or we just want to take this in a different direction. You never know when things are gonna are gonna jump ship or or take a turn. So I just try to be grateful for everything that I have and uh push myself to do the best job that i can do with each opportunity that i'm given i think that's the best way to the best way to live i don't i don't think it was see like in this podcast here i would imagine they would bring you back whenever they start making the cartoons again because i'm sure they will eventually you know it's a big franchise um for the podcast scooter only made like two really short appearances and awful mm. album awful album didn't make any appearances right uh, but i think i think they just had the same guy do everything since it was just like two little lines so what was the podcast about like what was its focus it was just some Veggie Tales characters putting on a podcast, and of course, you know they're never prepared for it, and they have to try to. Whip so, is it is it like right. an episodic, like an like a radio play, or is it like literally the Veggie Tales characters just talking like their normal podcast, like VTubers and stuff like that? No, it was like a it was like a episode type of thing, you know. So it's like okay. it was just like an episode that wasn't animated, you know. Ah, okay, okay, I'm familiar. I I did something similar to that called Big Life Kids, which was this this audio production of these two young kids going on all these weird adventures and learning you know how to have a growth mindset and believe in themselves so now that that does seem very familiar yeah yeah i mean that dropped in um i believe may and they wrapped it up in august and they haven't haven't announced anything since mm, okay yeah i mean that's still relatively early i mean that's only what two two months ago barely that's true that's true it's not that bad they haven't done the animated show since like April though, because that was when the last mm. VeggieTales show came out. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, they still have the budget for it. I'm I genu- genuinely have no idea what what the reason reasoning could be. Yeah, I mean the whole thing with Phil and Mike. I think you know we can talk about as we've talked about since so many podcasts previous to this that they had asked for more creative control of the franchise because Universal reached out to them and said, "Hey, we're making this podcast. You guys can do the voices." And Phil and Mike were like, "Yeah, we can do the voices, but..." Can we do some scripts too, you know, and have a little bit because they created the show, you know? Right, right, right. Of course. Yeah. So they were like, can we have a little more involvement in Universal? It's like, get out, you know? <laughs> and then they just found someone to do like every voice. So, <sighs> all right. Well, like I said, sometimes they just want to save money by getting someone who can cover a lot more roles. And that happens sometimes. I think so. I think so. And I think if they start using Scooter and Awful Album consistently again, I, I'm, I'm sure they'd bring you back, you know? For sure. For sure. They just did it for like, two lines or something you know it's weird it's weird i'm sure they'll get back on their flow eventually for sure so of the three characters you voiced who was your favorite to voice Ooh, i have to say it was probably awful alvin i did enjoy doing the accent as scooter but i like that awful alvin just had this kind of uh, i'm trying to think of the proper word to use he had this energy to him that i really enjoyed i really liked how how he amused himself you know how he kind of projected his thoughts onto lampy and then reacted to something that you know for all we know wasn't speaking back to him i liked the chances that i got a chance uh that i had to chuckle to myself or just add that little bit of extra life to stuff i always enjoy playing characters that are that are more expressive and higher energy and so awful alvin was someone i immediately connected with and it's it's pretty straightforward that i liked him a lot I love the laugh for Awful Alvin. I just love it. The laugh he did, like the, <laughs> you know. Yes. Do you think you could do that, or is that is that kind of uh, tough to do? I don't remember the specific laugh, but That's I have right. to imagine it was something like. 
That's it. That's so, exactly it. There you anytime, go. Anytime I make like a YTP, like a YouTube edit of these episodes, I just play that laugh there you go. over and over and over again because it's so good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <sighs> it. It reaches the perfect tone, you know, like people were listening to it. They were like, is this the same person who voiced off of and originally? Because it sounds perfect, you know? <sighs> and you said you hadn't seen the original one before, right? No, I hadn't. Or at least not beyond like small clips and stuff like that. Okay, so the fact that you were able to imitate that voice so perfectly without even having heard it, like if you heard the original one and then the one you did, they sound so similar and so oh, good. perfectly in line. It's just amazing, you know? Good, good. I'm very glad. It's amazing. And Scooter sounded really good, too. All of them good, sounded good. Good. Yeah. As long as I'm not offending anybody, that's that's what matters most to me. No, you did a great job. You did an amazing job. The voice range is just amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And um, of all the voices you voiced outside of VeggieTales as well, What's your favorite voice you've done and what's, you know, for, for what so, show franchise? My usual response to that is, you know, obviously ha I've had the amazing opportunity to voice a lot of major characters, recurring characters, or like unique characters, for example, you know, Stiltskin and a bunch of other characters in Crystal Chronicles Remastered is a big deal for me, even though it's a very niche fan base, uh, just because that was a game that I played incessantly when I was growing up. Um, but in general, I actually try to deny myself picking an absolute favorite just because I'm worried about resting my laurels on that particular role and then comparing everything else to it and being like, oh, you know, this new role was fun, but it wasn't as fun as this one or it wasn't yeah, as you. challenging as this one. So instead, I just try to find something I cherish about each role. You know, um, in the case of VeggieTales, it was a case of getting to explore original animation of something that I uh, knew had been around for a couple decades at this point. Uh, with stuff like Breath of the Wild, it wasn't even because it was a Nintendo property. It was because I got to portray three completely different characters vocally in the first voiced version of a franchise historically known for never having voices, which meant the bar was set very high after stuff like the CDI games. Um, and so whether it's a challenge that I overcame or something that I knew I would do well on or even just a new milestone for myself, I, there, I cherish everything that I do. Because that way I can learn from it and find what is familiar to me with each new job that I do. But also it's so that I never become complacent in like, I, I try to recognize that for every job I get to do, that's a job that was denied for somebody else. And so it kind of keeps me humble and reminds me that there are hundreds, if not thousands of hungry actors, quote unquote, that would love to have the same opportunity. So if I'm going to be the one that has it, I need to make sure that I, I put my all into it. That's a great, that's a great mindset. Honestly, it really shows how much you care about what you do. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. I'm telling you, like I was a fan before this, I'm even more of a fan now. So <laughs> this has been, this has been amazing. Before we wrap this up, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, what, what has not been explored yet? Or what is the scenario that hasn't happened yet in Veggie Tales that you would love to see the characters interact with in a future oh, episode if it came back? You know, I'd love some of the, um, they're like really original characters, you know, from like the early nineties to come back in with the newer characters, you know? And I'd Ooh. love to. Would you, would you want like a, uh, cause you know how in the past they've done like crossovers where like uh, fairly odd parents uh, mixed with Jimmy Neutron and stuff like that. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Would you want to see like a medium mix where it's like the old 3d animation characters meet the, the reboot animation characters. Ooh, that'd be and, like, cool. Maybe there's like a unique problem that the 3D characters are able to able to solve that the 2D characters need help with or something else. But I, I always enjoy when you get like past meets future with that, especially Gosh. when it combines like the different cast members as well. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. 
get Phil and Mike in there with the the new Bob and Larry voice. Heck yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be really cool. I'd love that. You know, um, some of the VeggieTales fan animators in the fandom have actually done something similar to that, where they make oh. models of the old ones and the new ones and make them interact. And then the Netflix series, which people got so mad about because of the redesigns, they're always right. talking about that in the fandom. Right, right, right. So have they ever done like a an a reanimated episode of VeggieTales where it's like a bunch of animators come together and each do a section and they animate an entire episode in their own style? They have tried to start those a few times and they always, they never finish, you know. I don't know if they just can't get enough people to do it or what. They always set the bar too high, you know, like they're mm-hmm. like, we need 500 people. And it's like, you know, you're not going to get, I mean, it's going to be hard anyway to get 500 people, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they probably could, but it's kind of setting it a little too high. So if they set it a little lower, they probably could do that because they have mm-hmm. tried a few times. Now, one person in the fandom actually animated an entire album from VeggieTales. Oh my goodness. Which was, and they put Props it on, obviously. Them. I know they can't put it off of YouTube, obviously, because of copyright, but on YouTube, it's done really well. <laughs> Which is super cool. But yeah, I just I'd like to see some of the old themes come back. I'd like to see them continue some of the original stories they did. Yeah. You know? Like some well, they, they do these special movies and I'd just like to see sequels. Here's hoping, you know. Absolutely. You never know. You never know. You just gotta you just gotta it seems ironic to say for uh for a series like VeggieTales, but you just gotta have faith. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's the best thing you can do. Well, it's been an honor talking to you. I really, really appreciate you making the yeah, time to yeah. join the show. This is gonna be um it's gonna be a great episode. Again, I'm so appreciative that you were able to make the time for me. I hope the fans enjoy this as well. And, uh, you know, to anyone that might be watching this, if I'm, my Twitter DMs are open, you know, I can't always promise that I'll respond right away, but I try not to keep myself locked off from the people supporting me. So feel free to reach out if you want to send some praise or if you have a question. But uh, thank you for being as passionate as you are and for making careers like mine possible. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And thank you for doing what you're doing. <laughs> just keep doing it just keep doing all it. right all righty this has been finnegan royal on the ultimate unofficial veggie tales podcast with sean chiplock aka scooter skellini and awful alvin signing out and we'll see you all next time goodbye take care and don't get in trouble i love it i love it